0: Welcome to the Top Business Leaders podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. This is Dan Janelle. Welcome to our show today. I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Pam Harper. Welcome, Pam.
1: It's great to be here, Dan.
0: Thanks, Pam. Why don't you tell uh, people a little bit about yourself?
1: I'm founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And what we do is enable visionary CEOs and leadership teams of successful companies to ignite and sustain momentum for game-changing results.
0: That sounds fantastic and interesting. I know we're going to delve deep into that because that's a thesis for your book. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself personally? How did you get involved in this game-changing kind of industry and become a thought leader in it?
1: Well, originally, I came from the world of organizational development. And I grew my own career in the management by taking a series of newly created positions in companies, In a variety of industries, that all had one thing in common, and that was that they were on the cutting edge of technology, mergers and acquisitions, and global growth. And this is before it became the norm. And then over the years, I developed a reputation as someone who understood companies that were what they would say going nuts and could help them create order out of chaos. And eventually I realized that my best contribution was from the outside Uh, of the company, that is, outside the political system. So I became a consultant.
0: Fantastic. So you were a consultant working away and uh, doing fairly well, I assume, then you decided one day to write a book. Why?
1: Well, from my vantage point as a consultant, I could see that a lot of the issues of teams and performance that I was brought in to address were actually connected to strategy decisions, so execution separate from strategy, uh-uh. And so I started calling this strategic gridlock because I'm based in the New York City metropolitan area. They have these signs on the expressway on certain days that say gridlock alert day. And I'm thinking, mm, I think I can see the, a lot further if I were in a helicopter here. And I decided to do research all the way from the front line through the CEO and C-suite level and including the board. And I came up with a whole theory about strategic gridlock and why it happened and how to lead over, under, and around it. And I knew I had to get this message out to CEOs and that writing a book was the best way to do this. And that book became known as Preventing Strategic Gridlock, Leading Over, Under, and Around Organizational Jams to Achieve High-Performance Results.
0: Fantastic. And after you wrote the book, how did that affect your business?
1: That book came out in 2003, and it really was a game changer for me. So you talk about game changing results. It really boosted my credibility with the CEOs and boards that today are the people who bring us in. Uh, I was invited to speak at CEO level meetings, um, so I had more targeted speaking engagements, and the publicity. I was in Investors Business Daily, so my 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 uh, scope of reach just uh, exploded, and that was wonderful.
0: Now you say you wrote the book in 2003, and here it is 2019, 16 years later. Um, has the book uh, stood the test of time and does it still uh, get business for you or do you feel you need to revise the book at some point?
1: The book is out there and actually still gets a lot of uh, Kindle downloads and uh, is, is definitely there, but of course we all grow over time and I'm not going to redo that book. We're actually looking more at a book about what we call Growth Igniters. And uh, you mentioned Growth Igniters Radio, our podcast. And we have a lot of lessons that we've learned. It's all related, though, Dan.
0: So you grow as a thought leader. You have new ideas, and that's where the new books come from. But the old book still continues to give you credibility and to build your business and to uh, ease the way for for making sales and getting
1: new consulting, I assume. Absolutely. You know, some people will say, I bury my first book. You know, I think differently today, so I don't want anybody to know about that previous book. And I say, no, you know, that first book was a game changer for us. It absolutely clarified my thinking. It changed the way I related to people. And it was the foundation for all the Growth Igniters thought leadership that we have today don't you know don't ever be ashamed of what you've done be proud of it
0: yeah how did the book help you get new clients back in the early days
1: well first of all in the early days uh not everybody was writing a book so people would say you wrote a book oh my goodness and so there was credibility there now i would give the book away to uh people that were potential clients other times in speaking engagements uh you know, I did sell the book, of course, but um, it really helped me to get in front of more of the right audiences. So again, they're selling the book, but I would say that it was much more important in terms of the level of the engagement that I was able to get as a result.
0: Okay. Now, you're a thought leader, so you come up with the original ideas and you pursue them. And I know that a lot of people online are probably in the same position. They say, you know, I've done a lot of things. I could write the book. I could just lock myself in a room and just do a brain dump. But you did something differently. You did a lot of field research, a lot of interviews. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about the, the research you did and how that made the book stronger. First of all,
1: I think that you have to start with yourself because if you are an expert, the credibility that you bring to this is what your own experiences are with whatever the topic is. So that is valid. Uh, but beyond that, I started also uh, speaking with my peers. I listened. I read uh, articles. I researched books. I went to meetings, and I heard the issues, and that validated that I was I was. Um, addressing some of the right issues. I also went to the extent of uh, joining, uh, because I was on a board at the time, uh, the National Association of Corporate Directors, and I learned so much, and it absolutely changed everything that I originally thought about strategic gridlock and how to prevent it. So it it was a game changer again.
0: That must have been a very interesting process going through your mind to you say, I've invested all this time and energy, and I've written a certain number of words, and I have this outline, and a publisher has a deadline for me, and I just went to this board meeting, and suddenly everything I know is wrong. <laughs> how,
1: did you,
0: how did you deal with that? How did you uh, the cognitive dissonance of that? I think would just drive people crazy. How did that? How did you uh, overcome that?
1: I've always been good at uh, challenging myself. And I think that I went into this knowing that I was looking for answers. That was important to me. I was looking for answers. And when you're looking for answers, you have to expect to be surprised. And that has held true about a lot of things that I've done in life. And you, if you're going to learn, you're going to get surprised. You're going to have to be okay with challenging your own assumptions. And in the work that we do with leadership teams and helping them challenge their assumptions, how could I be credible if I wasn't willing to challenge my own?
0: Wow. Wow. That is the sound for this seminar. Thank you. That is really, <laughs> really powerful uh and it really is a mind, a game changer there you know if you're if you're if you're writing a book saying i'm going to prove x that's totally different from saying i want to find the answers to why this happens uh totally different mindset i, I love that uh, i'm going to take that with me for a long time that is great um thank you so <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so let's talk about the writing process. You've done all this research. How do you decide what to keep, what to what to omit? Um, you have so much material. What stays in the book?
1: It all starts with the purpose. You know, you have a business purpose for the book and a personal purpose for the book. And when you know, when you're clear about what that purpose is then it informs everything else that follows. So when I was thinking about my purpose for the book, and at, at one point I wasn't even sure, I was learning so much, I wasn't even sure whether I could publish this book. And But when I stopped, and this book was all happening around the time of nine eleven, I was writing it, uh, I was uh, out of the country, and I was on the second flight back from uh, Oslo, into Newark so we were escorted in by fighter jets and landing you know right next to the burning towers and I was horrifically struck by the fact that life you just don't know and you have to get your message out so you have to be very clear about sorting through everything you know and saying this supports that message and you'll notice in preventing strategic gridlock that it it tells a story and it's why is why did gridlock happen why does gridlock happen and then how do you unlock uh that potential in a company and so that's all i really needed to say
0: <laughs> mm-hmm Okay. Well, we'll have to read the book to find out the answers to those questions. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but organizing material and, and, and getting it to a cogent form is so important. Um, what, what role do stories have in writing your book?
1: Stories make points come alive. And uh, I think that the best, stories are the ones that are emotionally impactful, like I just was saying about how I decided to write Preventing Strategic Gridlock, because I was having fears about, well, am I good enough? You know, I was so shocked by everything that I had learned along my research that I don't know if I could do this. And then I thought, no, I must do this. And it's important for the people I'm trying to reach. And so a story does that. And so the more stories we can tell and share with each other, the better the learning it is. (laughs)
0: Definitely. I I tell my clients all the time that they need to write stories because they're very good at the how to and they're very good at the theories and such. uh, But it's a bit dry. When people read stories, they get emotionally involved and they get attached and they remember the stories and the points of the stories. And that's, that's, we want people to remember what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. So uh, I'm glad you agree. Great. Um, What do you know now that you wish you knew when you started writing your first book?
1: Mm, good question. I wish that I knew that I didn't need to take the process of getting my proposal uh accepted so seriously that in other words, I was I was so devastated by all the rejections, you know, to me 14 <laughs> rejections, and I didn't know why and I wish I had had greater, a greater sense at that time. It didn't take me as long to realize that it was important to get my message out and that no, nothing was going to stop me. And that was what did happen. But I, I hope that anybody who is doing this understands that the reasons that publishers reject or accept a book are specific to that publisher And it doesn't always have a lot to do with who you are or even how good your book is. If you have a book to write in you, get that book out there. There are so many ways to do it.
0: Right. And don't take rejection personally. It's not about you. It's about about their business model. That's right. Okay, Pam. So so you've written a book. Uh, How do you turn that book into money? How did you market your first book?
1: I started uh, actually at, the early stages, once I decided that I was going to write a book, and I started reaching out to people that I thought could be interested, and I asked them to be advisors for me. And this ranged from potential clients at the time to other consultants to even a business school professor that I knew. And these people had very different perspectives, and they also had very different reach, And so that became in its own way a form of marketing uh, because they provided testimonials for me and uh, the business school professor actually ended up ordering books and teaching to the book, believe it or not, in his management classes. And uh, then one of the other things that happened is uh, when I was going through the uh, rejection process, I'll call it, I, (laughs) I started finding out, You know, what what was going on? And one of the uh, comments was, well, you need to get famous. And I said, well, how do I do that? I asked a friend of mine, and she said, well, you get publicity. And I said, how do I do that? And she said, well, there's this service called PR Leads. And, boy, you know, the rest is history. I invested in that. That was really important because even though the book wasn't out yet, the publicity helped to generate advanced interest in me. And even at that point, because I could talk about my future book, it it started getting people interested. And then, of course, there's immediately in the six months after and, you know, even more PR uh, and speaking engagements. And I started doing radio uh, you know, so a lot of the things we think of, you know, articles, all those things, because you're out there. And um, it never stops. If you're out there, and you keep putting yourself out there, and you keep talking about your book, and you don't stop, that book lives on forever, I found out.
0: And 16 years and going certainly is a long time for a book. Now, I know you're writing another book. Uh, okay. uh, That's tell, right. Tell us about that. Tell us why you decided you needed another book. And tell us about the kind of research you're doing to make that book happen.
1: Well, that book is uh, much in a much earlier stage, but I can tell you that it's based upon what we are calling growth igniters. And uh, these are people who actually are those successful CEOs. And uh, all the research that we're doing about how growth igniters are able to uh, actually ignite and sustain the momentum for that game-changing result comes from a lot of the research we're doing on interviews, on growth igniters radio, uh, all kinds of meetings we go to, Uh, all of the people that we've met who are not on Growth Igniter's radio. So we look at a variety of things very similar in some ways to what I did for Preventing Strategic Good Luck, but with a different question in mind. And what was that question? So again, the question is, what does it take for a a CEO of a successful company to uh, ignite and sustain the momentum it takes for game-changing? success. Right. And uh, it is it is something that uh, we are getting out there.
0: And why did you decide on that topic? Did you say, oh, we want to take our business in a certain direction and this is the book that will help us get there? So which comes first, the, the chicken or the egg? It's a good
1: question. Uh, we actually knew that we wanted to reach people with current thinking and the world keeps changing. And so in order to be most relevant, it's important to take some of the issues that are happening today and say, how are people addressing things differently today than say they were back in 2001 too, when we were writing before. And I'm sure that what's going to happen is I will get new answers in the future as well. So you have to keep learning, and those things inform the credibility that we have now and at uh, the point at which the book would come out.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Pam, you've been a great guest. You've given us a lot of wonderful information. Why don't you tell the people uh, how they can get in touch with you, who your target market is, and how you help them, and then we'll uh, close the show.
1: People can reach me by uh, going to Growth Igniter's, I'm sorry, uh, Business Advancement Incorporated. Uh, the site is businessadvance.com. They can see uh, Preventing Strategic Gridlock on Amazon, by going to uh, Amazon and going to the book. They can also um, reach me by going to info at com.
0: And who is your typical client that you uh, like to work with?
1: We uh, do especially well with CEOs who are visionary, who value leadership, Uh, as much as they value strategy and they are looking to be the disruptor and not the disrupted in uh, their industry. So they have a lot of high stakes things going on. We help them to uh, deal with these and come up with new answers to their questions.
0: Fascinating. Thank you so much for being on our show, uh, Pam Harper, and thank you everyone for listening. This is Dan Janelle, the author of Write Your Book in a Flash. I can help you as your book coach, and thank you for listening to our show today. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, You can find great information at WriteYourBookInAFlash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.